Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, set your sleep timers and prepare to be carried off on the wings of pointlessness because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And if you want to help the podcast, just make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you use. Uh, that way the podcast comes straight to you automatically and if you use itunes or the apple podcast app if you can not only make sure you're subscribed but if you can find time to go over to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash itunes and rate us or write us a review it really helps other people see that the podcast is of value and not just a novelty you know up, up there they can say oh, okay i relate to that maybe i'll check this podcast out so it'd be a huge help and i really appreciate it sleep with me podcast.com slash itunes and let's get on to the show Hey, well, night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is attempt to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's got you tossing and turning, whatever physical sensations are keeping you awake, whatever emotional turbulence might be keeping you up, I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. And the way I'm going to do it is tonight with a kind of, it's a bedtime story in the form of me talking about metastasis, a Colombian version of Breaking Bad, then Breaking Bad, and then reanalyzing and trying to learn some Spanish words from metastasis. All with lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, tangents, tangents, we've had a few, you know, tangents galore. And all you got to do is kick back and kind of listen. And I, was trying to say, I don't know why, well, actually I do know why, I've had, I've had a to-do list on the brain. And I know, I think because I was talking about to-do lists on the show recently... And then I was talking to Zach, who's got his uh, productivity podcast. And there's two things. I'm going to go for a double a double to-do list metaphor, which is, you know, definitely on the to-don't list of most people. And any podcast consultants would be, you know, this whole podcast would be on their to-don't list. They'd be like, okay, wait, you're going to do what? Wait, how long's your intro? Yeah. Anywhere from eight to 4,000 minutes. Okay. And are you famous? No. I mean, one, yeah, no. Okay, so anyway, I don't know why I got distracted like that there, but I got bogged down in the old brain bog. But because this podcast could be like a little bit like that, like a to don't, like a like an endless to do list of dullness, but it starts out like this. So this is how it might work for you. Let's say I'm your neighbor. Let's say my name's Barry, because I don't know any berries, but I like the way that sounds. And I say, uh, you say, hey, I heard you're having trouble sleeping, you know, and I know a lot of people give terror. They say, what do you mean you can't sleep? Have you tried a blanket? Have you tried, you know, I I, I know how it is. So I'm going to come over. I got this to-do list. And it's like a bucket list to-do list. So it starts out really good. And I'll just sit by your room. Don't worry, I won't look at you while you sleep. Don't worry, I won't. You know, I'll be in the same room, but not in your vicinity. Does that make sense? You know, I'll be in your room, but further away, much further away than your alarm clock. You know, beyond the reach of any nightstands, which is, you know, that's a tolerable space. And I'll just sit here. I'll read my little to-do list. And then I'll be off, you know, and hopefully you'll fall asleep. And then as I start reading my to-do list, it starts out maybe... Well, Barry, this fictional character, this neighbor of yours, he sounds like way more. Okay, first thing I got to change in my personal, be more like Barry. He seems very, uh, what's that called, extrovert. I see He seems like an extrovert, so he'd be a little more like Barry. But Barry probably has a great taste. Okay, you know, mount, mount, probably something in mountain climbing. Uh, Kai, something Kai, but he, he's like, so he starts out reading this to do list and you're lying there. And you're like listening at first, but then he starts, you know, once you get past number six, even if it's a bucket list, it kind of becomes, no offense, Barry, self-indulgent, speculative, 
alliterative, you know, if, if you're like me and you're obsessed with that kind of stuff, you know, so some other S, you know, but not Nessus, wow, that's a tough one. Porky pig time. Snuck in that alliteration. Necessitating a thesaurus is what I was going for. And at some point, you might just doze off while Barry's reading his old to-do list. And the podcast is a little bit more, it's like that, but I, for some reason, I put more work into it. I, and the reason I put to, to work into it is because this is the, the other side of this, the, the double, the two-headed to-do list. You know, that's like the 20-headed to The problem is for me, at daytime or nighttime, I'm not one... Like, like, they sh- like, I wish they would have told me when I was born, you know, maybe tattooed it on me in some nice way. I, my phone said, don't use a to-do list ever. Uh, but that, I guess that would be a to-do, that would be a to-don't list. And it seems like all day long, I've got all these to-dos that I cannot, they say, why don't I do that? And I said, well, because there's so many things on my to-do list. And they say, well, GTD would say, get it, get it down on paper. And then I did that once, and it was like so many, it was so much things on the to-do list that I, you know, I had to, you know, feed a position for a while. And so then I moved away from to-do list, and now I just use, you know, to-do, to-dream about, to-don't, to-you-didn't. There's a lot of, I think one part of my brain specializes in to-you-didn't list. Say, how come you didn't do, how come you didn't talk to that person? How come you didn't say hi to her? I think she said, smile, uh, you to didn't do that. Uh, to didn't, why didn't you give that guy some money? What's wrong with you? To didn't. And for some reason, a lot of these different listers in your brain, ideally you only have like one or two on like the, the you know, to shame, you know, to shame, to worry, to doom. Of course, I got to, I, I think I have a council in charge of my to doom list. They'd be like, did you realize that things have been going well for 1.5 days? Uh, that's, look at, can you look, can you stop into our council chambers and look at this chart we have? Uh, 1.5 days of positive events is a catastrophic, you know, catastrophic. Uh, so that's on your to-do list is, you know, you, things are going too well, buddy. Uh, but, you know, during the day we have things to distract us or we're racing around. You say, okay, I'll, I'll run. Okay, I'll do that. Or I won't do that. Or, okay, should I worry about that? You're right. I should be worried. Things are going too well. And we have like a lot of noise and then the illusion of control and maybe some control. Maybe. I don't know. And then stuff, you know, that we have to do in order to live our lives and, so, you know, eat, do our job to get paid. But for some reason at bedtime, then all these things, they say, oh, wait a second, he's not busy anymore. Let's do okay, but okay. And then they may even start jockeying for our attention. And they may even line up. I'm not exactly sure because, again, if you listen to this podcast, most brain scientists have me on their do not call list, uh, do not bother list, do not contact list. But I would say there's probably that are lined up. So then you, you say, okay, even if you kind of deal with one, you say, well, okay, listen, uh, to didn't, yeah, I didn't do it. Maybe tomorrow will go better if I get some sleep. So I'll to, do, you know, and to doom, I'll be more equipped to, but they, if they keep lining up and you keep engaging them, it just seems to go on. And then even if you get past that, maybe it's with your, you know, it might not be mental for you. That might be part of the metaphor. It might be physical. Or it might just be your feelings. Uh, but what this podcast offers is an alternative path where we say, hey, all you seem like you think you know what you're doing, all you listers, and you seem like you have some good and convoluted good intentions, which is a positive, uh, you know, I don't think they know, I don't think they can ha- handle like more than three syllables convoluted. So don't worry. And uh, so what I'm going to try to do is distract you from all this stuff as opposed to doing battle with them or coaxing them or negotiating with them. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to talk about Breaking Bad. I'm going to try to use a pleasant voice. 
I'm going to try to talk slow. I'm going to try to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to do goofy stuff. I'm going to attempt to make you kind of laugh. And I, but, but I'm not going to do anything like uh, I don't have this skill of total engagement or the voice, you know, where I say, you know, I don't have this voice where you say, man, I got to listen to this guy. You say, well, geez, I don't even understand some of the words he says, but I, I can get the gist of it. Right. At some point, you'll, you'll get the gist of it and then you'll be like, well, but I, maybe I to don't to 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 didn't need to get all the gist of the show and you'll doze off. That's the goal here is something in that mishmash or whatever I just said. So instead of going through your list, instead of what I want to do is just take your mind off of it. You know, tomorrow is tomorrow. Today was today. Right now, it's time to rest. You deserve a good night's rest. And I just want to save you from all the the, 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 the hassle of that. And this is how I do it. I, I don't know. This is a way I've tried for a couple of years now. Uh, it works for some people. doesn't work for everybody. And, uh, you know, if, you, if your first couple of times here, I'd say give it a try. See how it goes. I hope it helps you fall asleep. If it doesn't, you know, you can reach out to me. I have some other stuff I've used to try to help me fall asleep. So I, maybe I could help you. But mostly I'm glad you're here. And I really do hope, I more than hope, I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, housekeeping, we're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get o- our oldest episodes there. You can comment on the website. You can email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. On Twitter, at Dearest Scooter. On Facebook, those are all great places to interact. And I try to irregularly place bloopers on there on Facebook and Twitter and sleep-related articles. So check all those out. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Podcast, who edits some of the podcasts over here. He does our music. And you can find him at soundslikeanearful.com. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. We have a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. And I want to thank our moderators, Jennifer B., Rachel L. to the G., Julie C., Lida Lai, Lauren Alexandra. And we have a subreddit. Uh, it's over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, I think. I think I'm going to put it R-E-D-I-T-T-2. And uh, Latitude started at subreddit, so it's another place you can interact with people. And I want to thank Whitney M. And I want to encourage you guys to check out this article Whitney wrote about the podcast. It's an interview. I guess it's an it's, a, it's both an article and an interview. And it's over at Mental Floss. And I'll even do this sleepwithmepodcast.com slash mentalfloss, one word. We'll bring you to the article. Uh, Whitney somehow put concise quotes down for me after, you know, I rambled on about some inspirations for the podcast. And I really was amazed at how she kind of captured uh, some insight. I said, wow, I, I, I feel like I know about stuff that really excites me. And, you know, what, 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 other than interacting with you wonderful listeners, Stuff that kind of pushes me uh, to make the best podcast I can, because without a, you know, without joking or being serious. I mean, with joking in the podcast, but not joking about being serious. Never mind. It got got off topic there. But if you could do a huge favor, I feel like because I'm kind of a person of just, uh, I have, you know, I'm famous among sleepless listeners to the podcast. This podcast. So I feel like it's really risky or Whitney was, you know, she said she likes the podcast and she supported the podcast and I, I want that to pay off uh, for her. So if you can really share the article, comment on the article, let when you know how, know how much you appreciate it because I really do. And you get to see some people I'm fans of maybe on there that you say, geez, I, I mean, they all make sense to me because I'm, you know, but, but you might say, well, I didn't know Scooter. Uh, you know, had a, a this isn't in there, and I didn't say this, you know, but he's, a, you know, he does a Dame Edna. I don't do anything. I don't. I I know who Dame Edna is, but I've never seen. But anyway, it could be something like that, you know. 
I don't know. Please check it out. Sleep with me podcast.com slash mental floss or just go over to mental floss. Uh, thank you, Whitney. And I think that's everything. If you guys can go over to sleep with me podcast.com slash iTunes and review rate the podcast, that's huge. Other than that, let's get, let's get on to the show. What do you say? All right. So we're talking about episode 25 of Breaking Bad and it opens with a flashback or a metastasis, excuse me. And it opens with a flashback. It says, uh, I think, uh, five meses, atras, five months before. And it's the Breaking Bad scene where Jose says, you know, I've never seen anyone break bad at your age. They're in the rain at the bank. Jose's in his car. And we can really see that the characters have, uh, how far they've come. And I don't know. They look different. I don't know. It was. It was. It was delightful. Even for me, I. I, I don't know. Has it only? Has it, have I watched? Has it been? Have I been watching this for twenty five weeks? That's. That's amazing. One. Really, you got to be kidding me. That's wild. But uh, it, it was a blast. And then it goes into this Jose, uh, Jose Miguel partying. With Gordo, it's the old days, sweaty mohawks there. And he's wearing those gag big sunglasses that are like ten times too. He looks hilarious. Uh, Jose makes a James Bond joke at some point. He talks about his ex-professor, Toto Vida. Uh, there's party pictures, there's a flash... At some point, Jose Jose's in a uh, pink wig and yellow glasses. He looked a little bit like Aaron Paul for a second, uh, which I thought was funny. And then they, we have the next day, the day after, the guys are hurting. They partied too hard. Jose's low on money. He spent a lot of plata. And then Jose and Gordo, they seem to talk about the money. I said, well, gee, I, I don't know. I put a question mark there. And then Gordo's go, goes, I got the bus in my place. I think that's, that's what I figured out. Uh, and Gordo seems like he's still wasted because he tries to sneak into his house and get his keys. He makes a ton of noise. And then he takes the bus, uh, Escolar. And then I said, oh, this must be when Jose buys the bus. Gordo looks awful. Like, I was like, dude, you got to call. You got to, you know, you got to change your life. You look terrible. Uh, Trace Miones, that's how much he paid. Then Jose goes to talk to a mechanic about fixing it or a cheap fix or no shocks. I don't know. It was, and this was a long scene before the opening. And then we have the opening of the show. And it's Moss, I think, is the name of the episode. Cielo, she's in a fancy ba- ba- bathroom with radiant heat floors. I think that's what they're called. And then we realize it's Ernesto's bathroom. And they seem very loving, but Cielo's got her doubting face on. Like, I don't, I doubt, I doubt this is going to work out. And then we, we, we see plates being put on a table, and Junior has this huge happy grin. And he says, "Pa," he goes upstairs. Oh no, he goes upstairs. He's happy that they're eating together. I guess they're they're about to. He says, "Pa, come on down. Like you're invited to dinner or something." But. uh Walter's in on the phone in the closet, and he's talking to Jose and Saul. Ho, Jose's at Saul's office. They're talking about money, and the money drop off. Jose says it's my money, and then it, even Walter says Jose wrong because Jose says Jose, Yave. That's how you say my name, and then he goes. They say you don't even have my permission. And then Jose says, well, you know, that's my money. We're looking through a night vision goggles, and we see Henry looking at buses, and it's Gomez looking through the goggles, and they're not seeming to have any luck. And then Henry decides to uh, sneak into a bus, but there's people in it. He must have thought it was a meth bus, but it's just two a couple, and they are not happy to see Henry. And then Gomez laughs at Henry's mistakes, is overreaching, I would say. And then we're at home with Maria, and Henry comes home. He's mad. She says, Hola, mi amor. 
And then she kind of inquires what's going on with him. And Henry, he has a, uh, oh, he has a tattoo. I couldn't tell if it was an octopus or a maze. On the, on the second time around, I was like, is that a candle surrounded by smoke? But Maria wants to try to support him and talk it out. But uh, about like, did you make a choice on the promotion or what did you decide? And Henry seems very upset. And we shoot over to Los Pollos and Gus and Walter talk. And Gus is stone-faced, but he plays Walt like a fiddle. There's a chicken outfit in the back corner, you know, just in case. I said, Jesus, is that a, is that a plot point? Does Gus play the chicken? Then is, is that a metaphor? Is that a um, some one of those something else? Not a simile, because you can't be. I guess if you're you are a walking simile. If you're in a chicken suit, you're like, I'm dressed as or like a chicken. You know, when they say, well, it's not exactly a chicken, right? It's a simile. This is a simile suit. Chicken simile suit. I am like a chicken. Yeah, I don't look exactly. And I am not. I am a chicken. I'm not close. I'm like or as a chicken. That's why it's a chicken simile suit. You know, if it's a metaphor, it could be anything. This is like a chicken suit. It's, it's a chicken suit, but I'm clearly a humanoid. So it's a simile. Think about it. Actually, don't, because it'll make your brain... You'll say, geez, Scooter, oh boy, I feel bad for Scoots. And he lost his pay. Oh, back corner. And then Gus stands. There's wind. There's sound effects. <laughs> there's wind sound effects, actually. Cielo's back at the house. She's looking sad. Oh, she's at Ernesto's house because then he shows up right when he says, hey, let's get inside. And then Maria calls. And she's watching Valentina and asking if Cielo's at work. Cielo's like, of course I am. And she says, well, I want to talk about Henry. I'm stressed. And Cielo's like, tell me about it. And Gus and Walt are on a drive. They end up in a blue and white garage. And it's like, oh, there's a laundry, then they're in an industrial area, then they're in the lab, and Walt can't believe it. And I said, does he love it, question mark? And I said, interesting, oh yeah, interesting, is that what I wrote? It looks like there's not enough letters to be, it's I-N-E-R-S, and then T-R-G, I think that's my shorthand for interesting, accidental shorthand, interesting, Gus talks calmly. It could be something else, but Gus definitely talks calmly. That's clear to me. And then they talk face-to-face about family even or something. Cielo and Ernesto are back in the bathroom, the nice bathroom. There's a wedding ring. Cielo's not, and then she has Cielo, we see Cielo's wedding ring, I think. And then she's like, oh, I don't want my feet on this bathroom floor anymore. And then once again, we see Junior's happy face, Well, Junior... At another meal, he's cracking jokes. He's cracking the family up. It's a, it's a moment. It's like Christmas in whatever date it is. Christmas in episode 25 for Junior. His family's back together. He's making people laugh. Walt gets to help with the baby. Henry gets on the phone. He's on, He's still on bus patrol, but he asks someone for help. And then they're having a party because Gomez ended up getting the promotion. And then Henry's outside. Henry comes in. He's doing a. Oh, he does. He comes in. He pauses at the gateway. He's trying. And he says, I don't know if I'm comfortable. And then he, like, collects himself, but a false self, because then he comes in with all this bravado. uh, And he's doing material. But he also has in his hand Jose Malverde, the patron saint of drug dealers. Because uh, he does a horn dance, that was hilarious. He, you gotta watch if you watch any episode, any part of any episode where I don't give you the time to watch it, where I say, "Oh, this would be it." I, I mean, the airport, the women in the red outfits at the airport is important too, though. But he does this funny dance, and I said, "Geez, I wish I was totally uh, could speak Spanish to know what he was joking about." since I don't watch English subtitles. But then he gets alone with Gomez, and he gives him Jose Malverde. And he says something nice, and they call each other hermano. And then the woman that was helping him, she's like, I did find a bus. 
And then it says city cameras in background. Oh, yeah, the, these, the, wherever they are, whatever the drug dealer, they have cameras all over the city. They're watching everything down there, so don't do anything down there. And then we have CLO. She's working around the house. Uh, she goes into Walt's and the, you know, Valentina's room that Walt sleeps on the floor in. It's trashed like, like a high school bedroom. And she tries to start picking up, and then she gets the money out, and she looks it over. And then she puts it back, and she seemed a little freaked. And then she goes to her lawyer. She seems pissed. And she seemed to be trying to express something to the lawyer, question mark, what, question mark, talking about money, question mark. I didn't know. I said, what is she trying to get the lawyer to understand? And then Cielo goes home. She's on patrol, but the money's gone, and the divorce papers are there. They're signed, sealed, and the room is empty. Then we have Walt, Saul, and Senor Rojas, a.k.a. Jose Miguel. And Saul's kind of playing the peacemaker, the mediator. And Walt's playing it cool. Jose's playing it mad. And Saul says, silencio, you know, be quiet. Jose also had a Misfits t-shirt on. And then Walt says, hey, Jose, here's some money. And Saul's so happy. And then Walt says, you know, that's the end of the money. Yo, exclamation part. And he says, I just bumped you off the game. And then I'm out. He's like, I'm out. And then Saul says, I don't know why I wrote it like this. I must have been his. Saul says, can I get a piece of that cash, man? I did a pretty good job of guessing what they were talking about, though. And then Walt and Jose have a little showdown. Then Henry shows up at Gordo's mother's house, I think, or his aunt or his grandmother's house. And he says, where's the bus? Yes, go bus. And then he's like, who bought it? And then he changes, something changes, and she's sad, and whatever name gets Henry's attention. And then he says, oh, can I see his room? He had a Sega Dreamcast, and then he sees a picture of Jose. And Henry knows his case is one step closer. And the episode concludes. All right, so we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Moss from Breaking Bad. And it opens with Walt uh, against a backdrop of mountains. And he's saying, I am awake. And Walt, and I wrote this, and I wasn't really joking. They look so young, him and Aaron Paul. And he says, uh, I am awake. And Jesse's like, I don't really you know, have to do I remember from class. And he's like, you know, I mean, maybe this is a replay of an earlier episode, maybe from episode one. And he's like, uh, he goes, oh, this isn't enough money. You know, Walt gives him his life savings. He says, that's my life savings. He goes, you're a drug dealer. Negotiate. Buy the RV. Uh, we start tomorrow. And then we, this in Colombia, they use the Breaking Bad line, but here they don't re recite the line. You know, I don't remember. And Jesse doesn't say, you know, I don't remember anybody your age Breaking Bad. But anyway, uh, then it cuts to a party with Combo and um, uh, Skinny Pete and Jesse. And Jesse's talking about his f a fat stack and buying champagne. Dom Parmignon. And they're like, 400 bucks. He goes, okay, give me two bottles then. And he goes, this is hilarious writing. He goes, I want those tall, skinny glasses. I like those. That's what James Bond drinks from. I'm all about that. And then the boys are like, where are you getting this cheddar, man? Where are you getting these mad stacks? And he's like, this, you know what's funny? This old dude gave it to me. And they're like, what? He goes, he gave me his old, old his whole life savings. And they're like, Why? And he says, well, he's kind of a dummy. And then I notice, oh, I, I took the time to look up the music because the music playing was Rocket Scientist by a Eva, Ava and the Teddy Bears, or with Ava and the Teddy Bears. And then Combo's taking a lot of pictures with those old disposable cameras people used to have at their weddings and stuff. Uh, a lot of money's getting spent. Then it's the next day. Jesse is is uh, spent. Is that what I put? Spent, it looks like. Oh, Jesse spent like five grand. I think I did the math. Around five grand. 
And then he's talking to our, you know, Skinny Pete is total. He's like, I got to go, go home. And then Combo and Jess here together. And Jesse's like, I still need to buy an RV with the rest of this money. And then Jesse's like, I just got to get out of town. You know, this guy's he's a he's got a criminal mind. This guy. And Camo's like, RV man, I got an RV. And Jesse's like, today. He's like, oh yeah, no problem. And he goes, you're telling me you can get an RV at six in the morning for fourteen hundred bucks. And this was a very cool acting. He says, well, by Combo, the actor that plays Combo. Jesse says, do I need to sign something? He says, no, 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 it's a no-paperwork type deal. And then I put Combo's Wave 1915. I don't, oh, Combo's house is 1915. He had a nice wave at his house, I think. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. My notes are a little bit of a mess here. And then after he makes the deal with the house, uh, okay, so the no-paperwork deal is in front of the house after he pays for it. The house number is 1915. And then Jesse drives off in the RV because Combo's like, we got, we woke my mom up. We got to get out of here. And Jesse, they show Jesse's terrible RV driving. After that, we see feet. They're Skylar's feet. They're on a floor. Skylar loves the floor. She also refers to her purse as a Buick, which I thought was, you know, I don't think, is Buick still in business? I don't know. And then uh, Ted's trying to up the relate. He says, hey, why don't you leave some stuff in my bathroom? I'm like, Ted, what are you doing, man? And then Skylar, it doesn't creep in on her yet that it's like a bad idea. And then we're back at Casa, Casa, Casa uh, White, I guess. The White House. I mean, I, really, the White House. And we're, we're saying, are we going to set the table for two or three? And Skylar says, three. And then she says, Junior, go get your dad. And Junior is so, so happy, like he won the uh, Nuclear Family of the Year Award. And Walt's in the baby's closet on the phone with Jesse and Saul. And, like, Saul's talking, and Jesse's in the background. And he's like, you don't, you're not listening to me. And he's like, you don't, you know what I'm saying. Jesse's like, give me the phone. He goes, you made some deal behind my back. Walt's like, I was sitting at a stoplight, and this guy threw some money at me. And Jesse's not having it. He's like, I want that money. And then this, you know, you know, don't, Walt doesn't like to be, you know, Walt says, I owe you. I owe you nothing. And Walt's like, trust me, I'll get to the bottom of this. Jesse's like, yeah, trust you. That's hilarious. And then he goes, you want to talk about Je- trust, Jesse? Uh, you, 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 you violated some unspoken rule that you're not supposed to cook my formula. And Jesse said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said I wouldn't cook it and it ain't yours. And Walt said, it's ours. And I think Jesse said, plural. And then Walt said, well, I didn't give you permission. Jesse says, well, I got half the money I'm owed. You have the rest. And then Saul's like, escalation. You're escalating. Don't escalate. And then Jesse says, escalate this. And then Jesse says, you know, I'll start cooking 24-7 in that RV. Uh, One man glass factory. And Walt hangs up the phone. And then Walt comes out of the closet. There's a kid's chair stuck to his butt that he was sitting in in the closet. That was funny. We're at an RV park. Hank and Gomi are trying to get into an RV. Hank's on the roof, and he sees a couple. They're playing card game. It must be hot out because they're in their underwear playing cards. And then Gomez is like, I got to go home and pack for Texas. And Hank walks off. And, you know, after they resolve the other situation, then we see four, four packs of Splenda lined up perfectly in a row for Marie. And then we see, we see her, she hears Hank get home. And she definitely has purple on. And her towels, I think, were purple. And she says, hey, Hank, how's it going? You want some breakfast? He goes, no, I'm going back to work. She goes, well, you've been working like crazy. Those RVs aren't going anywhere. He goes, the recreational vehicles, Marie, that's what they do. And she goes, I heard Stevens get got the promotion. What the heck's going on here? And he goes, they turned it down. End of story. And he goes, I'm in the middle of this big investigation. And she goes, you can talk to me. I'm your wife. And then he says, I don't tell you how to do your job. Is it? He, he's very demeaning to Marie. And he goes, this is my decision to do my job or something. And he goes, all you want is a condo in Georgetown. And Marie says, I just want to be included. That's it. 
And he says, don't you worry, Marie. My career's just fine. And Marie, she's just probing. She really cares about Hank. She goes, if you didn't want to go, it's okay. She's trying to, uh, she's, not, she's just trying to, maybe she's not even trying to affirm anything. She's just trying to support Hank. And I get testy like this too, so maybe not quite as mean as Hank, but maybe. And she goes, Hank, it's fine. I, I, I understand. She's trying to normalize things, I guess. Like, it would be fine not to want to go back there. And he goes, Marie, I'm in the middle of something very important. And he goes, I'm trying to do some good in the world, and you're, you're grilling me. And at some point, Marie just walks away. Hank's still yelling. And I also notice, though, Hank, when Hank was in the shower, he was really leaning against the wall. His, he was hiding out in the shower, as we all want to do. His face was on his arms. His eyes were closed. It purple stripes, shower curtains even. And Hank was really yelling like a madman. And they put something else I can't read my writing. It looks like O-M-I-E-L-A-N-A. Or maybe that's an L. Lomila. Mad, mad. Lomila. I don't know with my writing sometimes. L-O-N-N or L-O-R-R-I-E. Lori Lana. He's like a mad, mad Lori Lana. We're not even in the language learning. This is the penmanship, learn, you know, penmanship deciphering. And we have Walt and Gus, they're talking money. And Walt thinks he's on to, he goes, hey, I tell you what, Gus, I know you're up to something. You know, you, you, you have a crush on me. I mean, a business crush. And you're trying to, you know, play me into cooking for you again. It's obvious because I know you wouldn't hire Jesse over me, right? And first Gus, you know, Gus is like is still reeling Hank in, or Walt. He goes, well, you vouched for him. You know, I took your word. And then Walt's like, no, 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 no. He goes, Jesse's my assistant. He goes, well, you'd never trust him with a solo venture. He goes, we both know that'd be med he's mediocre. And then Gus is like, okay, I get the fish biting here. He goes, well, I was told it was more or less consistent with the quality I'd come to expect. And Walt's like, oh, more or less. He goes, talk about setting the bar low. He goes, you don't do that. And then he goes, well, you're just trying to win me over. Uh, he goes, you think I'm too, you know, and you think I'm going to be wooed, and I'm not going to be wooed. And then they talk about, they simply respect the chemistry. The chemistry must be respected. And then Gus says, well, I apologize for being so transparent. You caught me. He goes, let's go take a drive. Uh, also, this was a well-stocked office. It had tons of Los Pollos uh, supplies, buckets, chicken suit, uh, lots of uh, other stuff. Uh, at some point, more or less, therefore, Gus sits Says nothing. A lot of times when Gus says nothing, it says everything. And then after that, we're outside the house. Skylar pulls up and pauses. Marie, Marie calls. Skylar looks out at a baby. Oh, no, Marie's looking at the baby, baby Valentina. What's the American baby's name? I forgot. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's, you know, I love this kid. I love you. Anyway, I'm really stressed about Hank. And Steve Gomez is going, Hank's acting weird, he's got this crazy case, it's like something's eating him away from the inside. And she goes, these things, they change a person, don't you think? Uh, did you notice a change in Walt? And we notice that something about it plants the seed in Skylar, you can see a little seed is planted. Laundry tour follows this with, uh, and I remember the first time as they pulled up, I was a bit concerned about this scene, I said it. You know, Gus was cloaked in mystery, and, you know, so, so I said, geez, what are we going to expect here? Uh, but nursery music plays, kind of like a ping, ping, you know, and they enter, the, and he's like, what is this? This is your new lab. And Walt looks down, the camera's kind of following him walking, and Walt's like, my goodness, uh, see, look at this reaction vessel, this 1,200 liters. He goes, how'd you put all this together? And Gus, like, I had good help, as will you. A lot of planning. I own the laundry. You know, it'll be the perfect cover. We got filtration. Workers are on board. And he goes, it's 200 pounds a week to make this work. And, you know, you just got to meet the quota. 
Emil says no. And Walt was like thinking about it for a while. He rubs his head. That's when he says no. And then Gus breathes through his nose. And Walt says, you know, I can't make another bad decision. He goes, why did you make these decisions? Gus says, Walt says, for my family. And then Gus says, well, they weren't bad decisions then. He goes, a man provides, Walt. And Walt's like, well, this cost me my family. And Gus says, well, when you have children, you always have family. That's your priority, your responsibility. And a man, a man provides. Even when he's not appreciated, respected, or loved, he bears up, he does it because he's a man. And Gus is almost, he's so focused on this little speech. It's almost like he's, it's like a, he's in, he's in, he hasn't raised his voice or anything, but it's almost a guttural growl in some, uh, I don't know. We get the essence of Gus there. And then we see Ted's floor, Scott. And then we see Ted's floor. We see Skylar's having second thoughts about Ted's floor. And and then we're back at the White House, and it's dinner time. And I think this is when Junior... Is this the time Junior's working this material? Yeah, he's got some joke about tofu and a girl he must have a crush on. And he's like, great dinner, Mom. Can I go upstairs? And she's like, homework or video games? He's like, I can multitask. I'm like, no, I can't multitask on those two things. But then Skylar, the baby cries, and Skylar says, well, why don't you take her? It's like this groundbreaking moment. Also, before that, I think Skylar takes a swig of wine and then the baby wine. I thought that was interesting. And there's this pause where Walt seems, like, truly touched. And Hank's on the phone in his office. Gomez's party's going on in the background. And he's at the end of his RV list. He says, hey, Janice, can you check this list again? I'm dead in the water here. Then he takes a breath. He goes into Gomez's party. And he kind of goes and gives him a little bit of a hard time, a little bit of... Uh, bigoted, I would say, or prejudiced. I don't know. His jokes are not his jokes are not very sensitive. But he says, "Fight a good fight, brother." And he's like, "Let's get a drink." And then he hand, he, he hands the uh, thing to. Oh no! He first he hands it. He gives it gives him a little gift. There's a little smile there. And there's this handshake moment. And then he goes, yeah, and then the Janice is like, hey, you're right, there's one more RV. You know, it was not, not you know, no police report, nothing. And Skylar is looking over Walt's chuck. She's in the baby's room. She's looking at Walt's chuck a boot collection under the bed. Then she looks through the money bag. It's so heavy. Uh, Skylar's breathing's very heavy. And as she looks at the money, her mouth quivers. Her, her mouth quivers. And she goes to her lawyer's office. She's looking at these green flowers, kind of like a green dandelion, but some sort of fancy display, you know, to have on a really fancy desk. And uh, at some point, they're talking, and uh, Scatter makes a cat hairball noise. It was hilarious. She's like, geez, I could go for a, bottle, a glass of wine right now or a bottle of wine, you know. And she's like, we want to go. Then she makes it. She goes, anyway, breaking news, I'm sleeping with my boss. I don't even know why. I mean, he's nice, but he's kind of a buffoon. She goes, my teenage son's giving me the attitude, and I can't tell him about his father ever. And Skylar uh, looks, she stands up, she starts looking at the lawyer's family pictures, then she tells her about the money. And then the lawyer gets real. She says, you know, get out, you need to leave the house, you know, you're an accessory, so... You know, you, if you care about your children and everything, just get out of the house. She goes, if you can't, you know, and she goes, well, Scott's like, well, I didn't marry a criminal. And she goes, well, you're married married to one now. And then we get back to the White House. Skyler looks in the baby's room's clean now, and the divorce papers are signed. And we have a shot of Saul's office from the outside again. And Salt and Jesse, Saul, what, did I say Salt? Uh, Saul's like, hey, Jesse, let's run through this one more time. Don't say anything. And he goes, why don't you take a Xanax? Can you take a Xanax when you're sober? Because I got tons of them. 
And then Jesse's like, I'm not waiting for him. And then Walt comes in. Jesse's about to leave. Walt comes in. Walt's like, he says, oh, good to see you. Have a seat here. And then Saul's like, Mr. Pinkman, you know, have a seat. And Walt kind of plays it uh, all cool. So he says, let's come to some kind of accommodation. He goes, there's a, a sweetheart of a deal here for doing nothing. And he goes, we'll give you 10%, you know, just for doing nothing. You know, just that's it. And he goes, it's a kind gesture. And then Jesse's like, you know, I do all the work, and this guy just judges everybody. And, and Saul's like, escalating, don't escalate. And then Walt's like, here, take the money. It belongs to you. And Jesse's like, yeah, that's right. And Saul's like, oh, this is great. He goes, I'm about to cry. And Jesse said, or Walt says, enjoy, Jesse, because this is the last money you'll ever earn in this business. And Jesse said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I hate to break it to you, but, uh, you know, Gus was just using you. He had a crush, a business crush on me. He needs someone that knows what he's doing. Me. And then Saul's like, wait, you're going to cook again? And then Walt's like, oh, yeah. And then Saul's like, can I, can I get in on, on that action? He goes, what, what is he giving you? And Walt says, three mil, three months. And he goes, well, you're going to need help with that money. And then they go back and forth uh, negotiating, which is pretty funny, but you you could watch it. And Jesse's like, you think this is going to stop me? You know, even though Saul ditched him, he's like, that's the way of the world, kid. Go with the winner. Jesse's like, this isn't going to stop me. And Walt's like, fine, make your chili pee, but don't use my things. And Jesse says, try and stop me. I think at one point Walt said, I'm in, you're out. And then there's like a brief showdown at the end uh, with them staring each other down, Jesse and Walt. And then in the parking lot, Jesse pulls a, a Walt move because he picks up a rock and throws it through Walt's uh, windshield. Uh, just like Walt with the planner. And then we have a Walt wide shot of Saul's uh, roof again. And then Hank's on the case. He goes to Combo's mom's house. Hey, you know what's going on at this RV? She's like, it was stolen. He's like, well, you didn't report it. He goes, I mean, why would you report it? It's a great thing. And she's like, well, you know, the person that stole it is family, and he ran with a bad crowd. I didn't want him arrested. And he goes, well, who are we talking about? She, she said, my son Combo, Christian, Christian Ortega. And then Hank says, oh, boy. And then he goes in the room. He says, can I see his room? He had an autographed combo bag. I didn't see who autographed the combo bag. KRS-One poster. That was sweet. And then him and Jesse in a picture. And that's when it ends. Bum, bum, bum. And that's the end of the episode. All right, so it's time for the red pen run through here. Uh, so let me look through my non-Spanish notes. There's rain in that old front front scene, the starting scene. Jesse's license plate is FJA319. Or Jose's. Jose has a nice look as he says, uh, uh, Jose has a nice look as he says, uh, Otra perro con ese hueso pobre. Pobre. Uh, pobre. Uh, un man como usted con pinta de seministiara de sesenta, sesenta años. Uh, another dog with that poor hueso. One man who looked like you was a seminarian, 60 years old. Uh, de pronto de una día para otro la de tocarse. Suddenly from one day to another gives twist. Uh, si usted se chiflo, or if you chiflo, uh, si usted esta de promido, if you are of compressed, uh, usted me tiene que contar a mí. Then you have to tell me, love, uh, which, you know, that makes sense, uh, but why would you tell me? Uh, porque eso me afecta, because that affects me. Uh, well, uh... Uh, que esas son suyas? Those are his, right? Uh, que esas son suyas? Uh, how about this? Uh, de vidro uh, laguitos así como los de, de James Bond. Uh, something about glasses or James Bond. 
Wait, did, I didn't understand what you said, Scoots. Well, benga e c e c, yo lace digo k, come and if and if I tell you. That sounds like an eighties song. Come and if and if I tell you. Well, speaking of eighties, you know any good eighties movies? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, Dio, un ex professor, may Crean, a former teacher. He made me believe. Are you sure it wasn't a former teacher? He gave me believe. I think it was. Okay, was that the one? Which one was that? Uh, Goldie Hawn, Morgan Freeman, or Jim Belushi? W- which one was the one? Uh, Dio un ex professor me green. Well, actually, all those uh, were were not former teachers. They were current teachers or principals that gave the students believe. Oh, esto this estuve I was. Incredibly, incredibly, I was incredibly thinking you almost had a point there. Now I just throw it in my camion, uh, my truck. Uh, but say low uro, I swear, Cesus, uh, my armholes, uh, my Cesus, my armholes, yo very, I'll see, uh, manejando, driving, uh, barato, the cheap stuff, uh, Coloco, I place, amplio, wide, uh, repuestos, parts. Okay, Scoots, I'm not following what you're saying. Well, say, note, it's noticeable you're not following me. I can see your eyes. Let me tell you something. Uh, que delicia de piso. That floor is delightful. Uh, maraviso, wonderful. You know what, uh, Pusiera Estuche, bye. Put that case down on that beautiful floor, maravilloso. Uh, let me ask you a question. Propios, do you own that floor? Uh, Lobdebo, I own him. Oh, your floor is a male. Uh, Mayo, oh, yo, I heard that. I heard you had a good male floor. Oh, you just call it a male. Uh, Entrar, enter. Wait, we're doing a play now about the floor? Yeah, it's good. The name of the play was uh, Fue Anoche. It was last night. It's not more, it's more of just a, what do you call it, when one actor just reads, you know, a monologue. Uh, Fue Anoche. It was last night. I asked the floor of KPN, says, what do you think of my problems? And then the floor didn't say anything. I said, me gustaría que... Pudiriamos uh, comunicarnos. I wish we would communicate, Floor. And I said, De har de uguzar. Stop judging me, please, Floor. Uh, pues me vale verga, because I give an F about you. I don't just walk on you all day. You support me all day. Uh, de mas, de plus, you plus my day. Uh, de masiado, I, I too... Egotista can be selfish and just walk all over you. Abruma, but my love of you, Floor, overwhelms me. Abruma, it's tan obvio. It's obvious how I feel about you, Floor. Uh, Adar una, but to give a Floor tetero a bottle of oil soap so fine. Uh, note un poco rara. I notice that it's a little weird when I talk to you. Standing, should I lie down on you and whisper to you? Floor, uh, let me take you on via- a viaje, a journey. Yendo, we're going manera, in a manner. Uh, sígame, Floor. Sígame, follow me, si lo quiere, if you want. For your diseño. Your design is perfect. Armar, to assemble a floor like you ever again would be impossible. Uh, to planeado, or to plan a floor as good as you, impossible. But if we were at Ted Benneke's, you know, or uh, Silva's place, they'd probably want to put some tuberias in you, some pipelines below you. How would you feel about that floor? Kuota, uh, would you share your heat with me? Uh, Fueron, they were, those rich guys were talking about putting those tubes in you. 
And I said, no, this floor is my amado, my beloved floor. Uh, Las dos cosas, both, uh, you know, the square, you know, the black and white squares. I wish you had, but you don't, and that's fine, too. Uh, Podido, I have the floor that I have, you know. Alguno, any floor won't do, just you. I remember one day when I dropped a bizcocho on you, a biscuit, and you ate it. You know what, floor? When I when I see you, I want to say, "Manga para acá, hermano, come over here, floor, or I'll come to you." This floor is mucho más bravo. So brave to keep me supported all day long. Lotto, always on my side, always on my lotto. And I know, Floor, I, there is no propia. I, I do not own you. If you are not my hermano, you are my hermana. You're my brother and my sister, Floor. Pero no puedo, but I cannot do you justice. No manera, manner of compliments. In serio can really do you, Justo. How can I ever ganerte, earn your caridad, your charity? How can I do that, Floor? How about if I detalle, I use this tone? Oh, no, con el del de tono. Con el tono. How about if I use this tone with you, Floor? Uh, detalle, is that the detail better? I always ask myself every day, Hondando, what have I given to my floor? Have I heard Suya Yoro, his cry? Have I heard my floors? Suya Yoro, have I heard my floors cry? Uh, come on, you, you are not a common floor. Usted afuera, you are out, yet inside. You know what I say to you, Sifra Maslinda. See from Maslinda, my floor, most beautiful figure of all the floors, cinco por ciento, uh, top five percent of floors. Supone Roborone, they're supposed to steal you, but they will not. See from Maslinda, my floor, uh, denuncio, there's nothing. Falta la plata, even money. The rest of the world is Ovieja, sheep. And you are my floor. Thank you, my floor. And they say goodnight. I want to do some thank yous if we're on Twitter. I want to thank uh, Chan- Chanux, Moody Moi, uh, Sully Chris Sullivan, uh, Illusionoid Podcast, uh, Michaela. Stacy S, Liquid Sunshine, Drew M. I think that's like a new, we're here from new people too, which is cool. And Heather M, different M, you know, Heather and Drew are, are different uh, M last names, but I uh, had nice stuff to say. Ren B, he's over at Stats Canada. And uh, Ren B, he's really nice, nice friend of the podcast and funny guy. And I find myself... Like, believe it or not, I have a secret list of uh, people, like, I'm trying to promote on Twitter. Uh, it's a pretty big list, but Ren, and, and Ren may or may not be on the secret list. That's a secret. Because, but but when I see his tweets, I say, huh, that's, I, I hit retweet a lot of times because I think he, Ren's a great, funny guy. Uh, so thank you, Ren. Lie to lie. Rachel B. Uh, Miss Smith, uh, who recommends the podcast to frickin' Kid Fury. Holy crow. Uh, thank you. Uh, Lisa, thank you. Good night. Paul, thank you and good night. Thanks for that Kroll's truck tip. And then Happy Mum, she was being like Babs and recommending the, the podcast, but she recommended it to Michaela, who already listens. I found that to be the cutest thing ever. Uh, and then Jessica M.D., thank you, Jessica uh, Ch- 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 Charlie, I always want to say Chelsea Unicorn, but it's Char Charlea Unicorn. Thank you, Ingrid Lasso Tabasco, Andrea Ulu Babs, Mary Beth, Lady Jane, Sammy M Y K, Roberts, Cat Gray, 
Oaktown, Nardy3, uh, Jennifer e for continuing to recommend the podcast. So if you need a book for a gift for a teen or someone that loves teen romance, and don't be, and don't, you know, don't have teen romance, Jennifer Eccles, I have, it's spelled like Nichols, uh, Eccles, E-C. So let me actually look it up. Embarrassing that I can't, it's a, I think it's E-C, it's like Echo. Uh, oh, man. Sorry, Jennifer. It's my fault, not yours. It's a E C H O L S Jennifer Echoes Camera on your favorite independent bookseller or Amazon. And don't you know? Don't say teen romance like like that because it's just, that's just a genre that just helps narrow it down to wonderful fiction. How does that sound? Would Would you like to buy some wonderful fiction? Because that's what Jennifer Echoes writes. Thank you, Jennifer. And I can see a hand just shot up in my brain that they say, okay, that's kind of how you narrate your own life, Scooter. It's a more, well, you brain bots more narrated as disastrous fiction, speculative fiction about tomorrow and the day after. So I say, yeah, Jennifer, this is a nice counterpoint to you guys. And I just finished uh, Hugh How How H-O-W-E-Y, I don't know, still Howie. How he's well, no, I got like about twenty-five pages left in his third omnibus, I think you'd call it, of the Silo series. I don't know if that's what it's called, the Silo series. That's what I'd call it. But I, I'm really, I'm almost done, so it's kind of in a hard spot. Uh, but she scooters, and this is—are you supposed to be about your listeners and thanking them? Well, thanks, Hugh Howie. Howie, I can't pronounce your name. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I really look up to you. And speaking of which, there's an incident. I want to thank Whitney over at Mental Floss for her wonderful article that, holy moly, talk about capturing the spirit of the podcast and an interview in a list. I don't know how you do that, but she did it. Uh, I'm speechless. Well, I guess I'm speaking. So it's really, really, really well done. To say, geez, because I have trouble ex- ex- expressing myself or expecting myself. That's what I almost said. Irony. Um, and somehow she listened to everything I said and, 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 and really get, nailed it. But I don't know what else to say. Thank you so much. I want to thank C.O. Orsted uh, H. over on Facebook. Thank you for that song you shared. Uh, Laura B, Melissa S, uh, Melissa L for sharing about the podcast. Uh, Judith K, Matthew W, Dustin L, CJS, uh, Sheena H, thank you. Michelle L, good night, thank you. Roland C, good night, and I, hopefully you're not hearing this, any of you. Our, our good friend Ebony H, who's been with us for a little while now, thank you, Ebony. Alexandra, uh, Taryn S., thank you so much. Uh, Carrie's K., uh, sleep phones even like something we did, and it's we like sleep phones, uh, pajamas for our ears. Uh, Mary Beth, Steve H., Amanda W., W., Adrienne. Okay, and then over on iTunes, if you can review the podcast over sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, we got a review from the Face 22. I don't know if this is a re, re, redone review, but uh, Face 22 prefers the earlier episodes. Thank you. Uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. That's from Pear K.U. Pear K.U. Pear K.U. Thank you. That rhymed. Look at look at it. I bid your review would do. Because I'm out of jokes about it. Uh, Cowpat Cat. Cowpat Cat. Uh, I think that was a Susian character that lived in the cow patties. It was a cat that patted cows. Uh, cow comforting cat. And you know who comforts me is Cowpat Cat from Australia, saying we have a fan cat, fantastic podcast. And fantastic fans like Cowpat Cat. Thank you. Okay, this one, it says Z's, and it says, this is funny, my conscious self doesn't know I'm typing this, but he thinks it's great. And that's from P-I-H-F-F-H-Z-Hee-Wee-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z
T-H-G-G-B-J-B-A. Thank you so much. That's your conscious self doesn't know. I mean, most of my conscious self or my, you know, doesn't know I'm doing this podcast because I say, wait, wait. I mean, they st- I have to run steady. They say, wait, he's really doing that podcast? I thought that was a delusion. And they say, okay, it's self, what, what, what's beyond DEFCON 5 and self-sabotage? We got to trip scoots up. But I'll just keep, I'll just keep alone and dulling. All right, don't worry. Uh, love, mysterious love, it works. Wow, thank you. Uh, that's by Leb. WH1, and then uh, Chelton1977. I don't know if I already thanked you, but I'm doing it again. Because uh, he, he sounds like a, a... Isn't there a country singer? That's Blake Shelton. This is Chelton. But, you know, see, it's, a, it's just as good as a country song to me. Saying the podcast works. Thank you. And yeah, again, I, I say Elcon24. I don't know if that has anything to do with... Uh, Whatever that con was in the movie, Hubert Con, I think it was not his name, but that's what I would have named him. And, you know, I already had that other falling out with the ghost of Roddenberry. So I say, well, gee, Scoots, who was that? It was Rathif Con, Hubert Con. And then someone might say, wasn't he Grover Cleveland's uh, chief of staff? And I'd say, you're right, you're good old Hubert Con, inventor of the Franks, you know. Khan's uh, been, you know, I think he was also the inventor of uh, the Frank, which was later stolen, you know, by uh, the dog, you know, became a hot dog. Hubert Khan. Hubert's name I don't use enough on this podcast. Probably because I can't spell it. But anyway, moving on.